Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing shielding the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo will for you come Coming at you with stats and things, flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. (laughs) That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. (laughs) Just go with what you saw today. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. You'll be wrong often, but then you can just point back to when you were right. No one will remember. No one's listening. Ladies and gentlemen, Birds with Friends begins. Eagles, Bears, playoff week. We need a name for the week. Some some kind of pun on Windy City. I saw that there's a bird called the the Sin Sparrow. Maybe we'll go with Cindy City. But it is Tuesday night. I am Bo Wolf from my basement. On the other line from his basement, Shilkapadia. It's time to talk about the playoffs. Are you ready? How was your day, Shil? Cares how my day was. Well, jeez, what a curmudgeon! It's the playoffs. Get some, have some excitement. Yeah, I got some juice. That's why I get to the playoffs. Okay. That's fine. Now we, now we do have some... Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year. Not to you, to the listeners. We do have some reviews, so people did oh, respond. Oh, okay. With some, with some point, uh, point predictions. Some people forgot to do the point predictions. There's one that I have to read because I really enjoyed this one. It said, uh, let me see. All right. Under pressure, five-star review. It says, fine, I give up. I'll get your athletic <laughs> subscription after months of relentless pressure from Shield. However, I'll enjoy Bo's minute-by-minute review of the happenings of December 30th before I read anything Shield writes as my official protest. <laughs> fine, fine work, Bo. Oh, that's pretty good. So there you go. You got us a subscriber and a review. Okay, that's good. Now so, go read. So- uh, let's give you a, a few things to go read. Uh, go read the... Uh, Jason Kelsey story by Shield. Read the Zach Ertz story by Shield. Read the Malcolm Jenkins story by me. Read the uh, story of how the Eagles went up to draft Carson Wentz. Read the Jeff Stoutland story by Shield. Read the Darren Sproles story by me. That should get you started. That's pretty good. That's good. And yeah. so keep the, keep those predictions coming in the review section. What are you giving away? For, for those winner? of you who are not aware, if you leave a a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts for this show. Give us your predictions for how many points the Eagles will score over the course of the entire playoffs. And whoever is closest will win a T-shirt, a The Athletic T-shirt. There we go. There you go. All right, so coming up, we've got, uh, we've got some stuff to talk about. Nick Foles named the starter by Doug Peterson on Monday. We'll talk a little bit about that. We will do a little bird on the street and then... The return of Sparrow Focus, which is a playoff segment in which we narrow our scope to one certain side of the ball. Today, we will be talking about the Bears offense against the Eagles defense tomorrow night. We'll be talking about the Eagles offense against the Bears defense. We've got a special guest coming on Thursday, and then on Friday, we've got our predictions coming. And then we will close tonight's show with some of your questions in Bird It Through the Grapevine. Uh... Shield on Monday, 
Doug Peterson did announce that uh, that Nick Foles will be the starter on Sunday. Ribs or chest bruises be damned. Carson Wentz is not coming back just yet. What did you make of it? Well, it sounds like they did the tests on Nick Foles on Monday, and he didn't have a fracture or whatever else can happen to your ribs, and he can play with it. So, yeah, he will be the quarterback. I think it, you know, I think it goes without saying that he will be playing with some bruised ribs. I imagine he'll be having some type of additional padding. You know, after the Texans game, Lane Johnson was saying, mm-hmm. good thing Nick Foles was wearing those uh, the rib pads for this game because he took that big clowny hit. So I wonder if, you know, I wonder if this is an accumulation. Do we know? It, it may be an accumulation. It might not just be that there was just one hit last week on Sunday, right? It could be sort of multiple hits over the course of a couple weeks, and all of a sudden you got a big bruise. I don't know. We'll talk to Nick Foles on Wednesday. I'm sure he'll be very forthcoming and explain exactly what happened and how he's feeling, and then we'll talk about it Wednesday night. But the important thing is he's the starter, and he will look to – Win once again, I was trying to go back. So the playoffs last season, those were all must-win games. Three times as an underdog, they won. I guess you could say these three games were all must-win games. That's true. They were underdogs in how many of them? Two of them. Two? Oh, no, 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 just one, just one. Were they underdogs again? No, they were favored they against were the favored Texans. They were favored against the Texans. Okay. So, well, anyway, six win or your season is, is over games, and they've gone... 6-0 and in those, and now they go to Chicago as five-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Bears. Some other injury notes. Um, doesn't really seem like there's anybody else who has been playing who will not be playing in terms of guys who could be coming back. Uh, nobody necessarily on the horizon. Isaac Siamalu is uh, maybe going to be more of a full, full, full participant this week. My sense, I don't know about you, Sheil, is that even if he is ready – they will stick with, with Stefan Wisniewski. What do you think? I think that's right, and we'll get to the matchups, but, I mean, that is a huge matchup. A huge with matchup. Akeem we will Hick. talk about it tomorrow, yeah. but yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, Akeem Hicks, so I don't think you – I think you go with whoever your healthiest and closest to 100% option is. I don't think you would want to bring a rusty Isaac Sayamalu back for – uh, for that matchup. And just throw Although you there. could make the case that you, you, need, the, you need the stronger, heftier guy. That's true, Hicks. and if you're not happy with the way Wisniewski's been playing, I guess you could do that, but uh, I'm with you. I don't have a sense that they're going to go back to him uh, here, but we'll see. We'll see how the week goes on. And then Sidney Jones and Mike Wallace, the other two guys who uh, we'll be keeping an eye on, but but I would I would guess most likely will will not be playing. So Doug Peterson said what? Long shot? So, I mean, when you're saying that on a Monday, that – means they're not playing i think he said yeah he said that and i think he said jones is a little bit more day-to-day but okay or w- whatever it is in his parlance that uh you know mike wallace is not is not playing anytime soon basically yeah okay uh and then we heard today from the coordinators jim schwartz and and mike grow uh, i guess we will save jim schwartz for uh well we don't have to save him what, what did you think of both of them yeah, that's what we're talking about today, right? The Eagles' yeah. defense. I so. guess. I, I guess before. I guess we can save shorts for once we fully dive into uh, that right. matchup. So, any well, anything from well, Grow you thought was interesting? Well, Jim Schwartz started out with the Mummer story. What did you think about that? Uh, that sounded like a very uh, typical Mummer story to me. This have you done was... the, Have you done Mummers before? No, but uh, I've never gone to the parade. Uh, mostly because it is 
always a work day. Uh, right. But uh, we live in the neighborhood where, you know, all day long there are there are people coming back from the Mummers Parade or on their way to the Mummers Parade making uh, making noise as they as they go through. So you're not we, you're not far from the old Mummers Museum, are you? We are not. Right. We are it's not on the street. There okay. have been, I would say, close to four or five times today when an when an Eagles chant has broke out outside our house. Mm, there so, you go. Yeah. Tis the season. How about you, Jim Schwartz? You big Mummers guy. No, no, I've never done any. Uh, I've never done any Mummer stuff uh, other than interview Jason Kelsey. Well, you, yeah, you wrote about his speech. Yeah, that's the closest uh, you've come. That's pretty. That's closer than me. Rachel, is, by the he, way, uh, took uh, took Casey to uh, Little Mumbai today. Oh, nice! Yeah. Uh, how how was the how were the Indians? She said she this was the first time she has noticed it. Oh, there you go, crawling. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Wonderful. Jim Schwartz was asked about uh, head coaching opportunities mm-hmm. potentially. I was thinking about this. Yeah, you know, I I am uh, I am on the record as saying I would not hire a defensive coordinator. However, if I was going to, I would, I would, I would consider Jim Schwartz as a uh, a reasonable head coaching candidate, and I think oh, I think he's the a guy better. Makes some jokes at his press conferences all of a sudden. No, he's it's got not that. Out of the palm of his hand. It's that we know we know that this is a guy who is, um, you know, analytically friendly. He is he is uh, somewhat forward thinking. He is the kind of guy who I think would you know would still be aggressive on fourth down. In terms of the in-game decision making, I think he is—he um, is not as uh, concussion uncle as most defensive coordinators. Maybe, maybe a little bit. I think that's right. I think he'd be an okay candidate. Yeah. You know, I didn't study his his first tenure there. I just knew it. You know, knew it from afar, and he seemed uh, perfectly mediocre, perfectly cromulent with the Lions. And yeah. So uh, I think he could do much worse. And I think there are going to be uh, a bunch of teams I mean, who do much worse. Yeah, I mean, when you see some of the names being thrown out there, you know, I, I don't think it would be the worst hire in the world to bring on Jim Schwartz. I don't think he's going to get the opportunity, but I don't, I don't know. know. It, it wouldn't be crazy. I'd be surprised I mean, if he doesn't get a couple interviews. A couple? He got one last year. Yeah, because well, the timing, you think? Well, that's, I, mean, I just don't understand why why they don't why these teams aren't casting wider nets. Like, why don't you why aren't you interviewing like fifteen people? Why would you when you can just go make a run at Mike McCarthy? You no, know, you just hire uh, hire Corn Ferry, and uh, they get you to they get you to be like, oh, wait a second, Andy Reid is available. We should talk to him. <laughs> it really is an amazing process. But, so we uh, we did you did want to talk about there's you know everybody is talking now about. It was only it was only two hiring cycles ago or three hiring cycles ago, 2016, when seven head coaches were hired, Doug Peterson among them, and he is the only one left standing. Yeah, I have a little bit of an issue with this. I see okay. a lot of uh, a lot of back padding for the Eagles, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily the Eagles doing it to themselves. You know, just my Twitter feed, I'm seeing a lot of sort of oh, you know, the wow. Look at the Eagles. They're they're putting out the lists of all the guys who got hired that cycle who are no longer there and their terrible records. And then Doug Peterson. That's fine. Let's let's remember. Correct. Doug Peterson was not the guy the Eagles targeted. They offered the job to Ben McAdoo. They offered the job to Ben McAdoo. According to some reports, they offered the job to Tom Coughlin. They made calls to all sorts of people who seemed higher on their list. 
than Doug Peterson. And when they couldn't get any of those people, they hired Doug Peterson. Mm. And then, you know, after Doug Peterson's first year, if, you know, if we had some, some truth serum, if we, if we were able to be a fly on the wall in the NovaCare complex after that first season and see what discussions were being had, I don't think there was a lot of confidence in that building internally that they found the right guy and that they were happy and that this guy was going to lead them to a Super Bowl. So I think Doug Peterson can certainly take a big whiff, as he should. But I don't think the Eagles should be given all this credit for lucking into (laughs) outstanding hire. Well, I disagree a little bit. Okay, Uh, go ahead. Why? And and I will tell you, I was thinking about this, and I think that that this is – more of a reflection of uh, top-down organizational structure than it is about their ability to identify a good head coach. You look at the, the teams we're talking about here. Uh, the Browns, garbage, fire. The Bucks, terrible, terrible organization. Uh, the Dolphins, really bad. So that's three like garbage franchises. Whoever they hired was going to be bad anyway. Uh, then you've got Chip Kelly with the Niners. That was a terrible hire. Whether or not that is an organization that knows what it's doing, I, w- I would say that it's mostly not, but that was a terrible hire. Mike Malarkey in, in Tennessee. Again, not a great organization. I think they're a little bit better now than they were when they, when they hired Malarkey. And then the Giants hiring Ben McAdoo, and that's an organization that we have seen is uh, not very well run. So uh, you could convince me that if the Eagles had hired uh, Adam Gase, or even if they had hired Ben McAdoo, I bet Ben McAdoo would still be here. Um, I think that this is a, you know, really? Jeff, I think oh, so. I disagree. You think he'd be fired? Ben McAdoo? With that Carson Wentz? Complete, that guy was a complete disaster. Of course he was a complete disaster. He's a jabroni who looks like he can't decide whether he's a, a used car salesman or a uh, wrestling manager, but. Uh, I think the I think the structure around him. If it was if it was Ben McAdoo with Carson Wentz and Jim Schwartz, I think he would still be here. I don't think they would have won the Super Bowl, I dis- I but totally I think he would disagree. still be here. At the very least, he would be fired this offseason. Mm. They would have been. No, they'd be running slant flat 80, <laughs> 60 times a game. Well, you're probably right. Uh, Carson Wentz would have murdered him after. <laughs> yeah, after okay, eight, that is more likely. That is more after likely. After eight games, Carson Wentz would have knocked on. He would have gone into Jeffrey Lurie's office and said, this, you, "I'm not playing for this guy anymore." That that, that might be true. That might be true. Uh, so I agree that the Eagles were in position to nice structure to help Doug Peterson. But if it were up to them, you know, they would have had back to back hires of Chip Kelly and Ben McAdoo. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's just uh, pump the brakes a little bit. I think that's fair. I think I don't think they get as much credit as they're getting, but I think I think it is more of a reflection of the of the organization. And it is. I'm not saying it's easy. I mean, the Colts are the same way, right? You would say, all right, right. they're they're bad organization. They try to hire Josh McDaniels. They luck into Frank Reich, and now look at it. And how is it? Up. How is it that like Josh McDaniels is still considered the prime candidate? Like. Who are these people? Who are they kidding? Oh, oh, let's. Oh, we got to interview Brian Flores. Let's talk to another Patriots coordinator. That's worked out so well in the past. Yeah, I mean, these these like these chumps who are running these these searches. It's ridiculous. I mean, I don't know what Eric Bieniemy's role is in mm. Kansas City, 
but like right. he should be every he should be interviewing with everybody qualified or more qual- i mean if you if, if organizations just want to go look at these playoffs i right. mean you got peterson and harbaugh and Nagy and yeah know. i mean the only difference is he's not a he's not a quarterback guy right okay right i mean he was a running back and what is he now offensive coordinator right okay well but still um, i mean yeah. bring him in for an interview yeah so we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll, I'm sure there will be some brilliant hire. How is Adam Gase, by the way? Like everybody's running to go hire Adam Gase right. all of a sudden. Everybody hates him in, in Miami. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Mike McCarthy. That, that one. Jim Caldwell. Cliff Kingsbury gets fired from uh, from a college job and now he's getting head coach interviews. Yeah. I want to do. I'm gonna. I'm for tomorrow. I'm gonna dig through some some NFL coaching staffs and try to find some guys who I would want to interview who have got, got no buzz. Okay, that sounds good. Okay. All right, let's sparrow our focus. Let's do it. I've spent the last two days, as I think you have, doing some research. Mm-hmm. I spent le- yesterday. Yesterday, I spent my afternoon cooking paella. But other than that, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I I feel like I am well equipped to discuss the Chicago Bears. Uh, listeners may feel differently by the end of this podcast. You know what I meant to mention to you by by the way. You know what's a good football a football guy thing that was dropped in both press conferences today. What's that? We're in the tournament. Tournament, yeah, they the, like that. I like that. I like that too. The tournament, it's good. Okay, it's good. All right, the Bears offense. DVOA. 20th, 21st weighted, 20th passing, 16th running. Meanwhile, the Eagles defense, 15th overall, 18th weighted, 15th against the pass, 9th against the run. I've got some more stats we can dig into a little bit, but uh, why don't you tell me your initial impressions of this of this Bears offense? Well, I guess we should, let's start big picture, just con- conceptually, schematically. What do they like to do? You know, it's... Uh, Jim Schwartz was saying it's sort of a hybrid of things they saw with the Chiefs last year, things they saw with the Rams the last two years. I think you could throw in there things you see with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's kind of a combination of all those things. Uh, watching their games, a lot of RPOs. I don't have like numbers in front of me, and I don't think those numbers are accurate usually anyway, but I would imagine they run as many RPOs as any team in the NFL. Every shotgun run has a tag with a certain uh, route concept with it. So that's obviously something the Eagles have practiced against and should have good experience against. But there's going to be a lot of that this week. There's a lot of jet motion, misdirection, that type of thing. Get you know, get a linebacker going this way and hand it off and to the guy going the other way. So uh, I do think it's a big linebacker game for the Eagles with both both those two elements, the run pass options and also the motions and the misdirection. I mean, if you're screwing up one play, someone like Tariq Cohen, who we'll talk about a little bit more here in a minute, I mean, he can break it off for a very big play. So those were some of my initial impressions uh, of the offense and kind of, uh, you know, the thought that the Nigel Bradhams and Camus Grugier Hills and I guess the Jordan Hickses and uh, if Nate Gary gets in there, those guys, uh, they do have to be disciplined in this game. And further, just on sort of the, the similarity and the structure of their offense to the Eagles, 
Uh, the, some of these numbers are courtesy of, uh, of Sharp Football. Uh, the Bears are in shotgun 78% of the time, which is the fourth most percentage in the league. The Eagles are second at 79%, so very similar. Uh, the Bears are in 11 personnel 50% of the time, which is fourth fewest. Eagles are second fewest. So they do those things similarly. The difference is that whereas the Eagles have uh, finally, mercifully identified that 12 personnel is is their best structure, uh, the Bears do a lot of, of 21 personnel with Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard on the field at the same time. We will we will talk a little bit about that. Uh, in that sense, Tariq Cohen is, is a little bit more of a of a slot receiver, and so it's sort of effectively 11 personnel. But uh, that's why I expect that that in this game from the Eagles defense, we are going to see uh, what we saw against the Cowboys in Dallas a few weeks ago, what we saw in the Super Bowl. I think we're going to see a lot uh, primarily. I think I think uh, a, a plurality of big nickel with Malcolm Jenkins playing that modified linebacker role, Nigel Bradham and Jordan Hicks on the field together, and, and Corey Graham and, and Trey Sullivan deep. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins is the has to be the guy matching Tariq, Tariq Cohen, I would think, for the majority uh, of this game. I don't know that they have anybody else who really can match up with him. So uh, definitely agree with you there. And then the Bears do like to run the ball out of 11 personnel. So, you know, they get they try to get you a nickel and then run it. They're they're averaging near nearly five yards per carry out of 11 personnel. So uh, I do think that that big nickel will be a pretty nice option for this game. They also run a lot out of shotgun. I think the the third most uh, percentage of shotgun runs in the league at, at 35 percent. No, it's not a great rushing attack. I mean, it's uh, it's, not. it's a pretty me- mediocre rushing attack um, by all the metrics, whether you look at DVOA or a success rate on uh, sharp football stats. So uh, overall, you know, it's it's the Eagles should be able to handle. I feel like this running game, and uh, they've been pretty- outstanding the last three weeks. They've given up fewer than 100 total rushing yards each of the last yes. three weeks. Yeah, so uh, I know they'll talk about it a lot this week. Oh, we got to stop the run. We got to stop the run. But, uh, you know, it, it would surprise me, and it, sometimes it does surprise you in the playoffs. Something just happens, and a, a strength becomes a weakness or, um, you know, something you were good at for a, a lot of the season or towards the end of the season you're not good at anymore. But it, it would surprise me if the Bears just ran all over them with, uh, with Howard and Tariq Cohen in this game. That would be That would be shocking. I think that would be a very surprising way for things to go. That said, the one area where the Eagles have not done well in terms of pure rushing stats has been in quarterbacks running the ball. That's uh, that's happened throughout the season. And uh, somewhat surprisingly, Mr. Biscuit, fifth in the league in uh, rushing yards among quarterbacks. Who can you name the four guys who ran for more rushing yards? The quarterbacks. Uh, let's see. Deshaun Watson. Correct. Lamar Jackson? Correct. Number one. I feel like your boy Russell didn't run for a lot this year. I'm going to say, how about Cam Newton? Correct. I feel like I'm missing an obvious one, aren't I? Only obvious if you have if you watched a single game of his, but my guess is you didn't. <laughs> okay. Well, that, uh, oh, Josh Allen. Correct. Uh, yeah, I was surprised that 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 uh, Mr. Biscuit did run for more than Russell Wilson. Wilson sixth. Yeah, I don't. I think uh, he didn't run as much this year. Four hundred twenty-one like. rushing yards for uh, for Mr. Biscuit. 
Well, you know what? So this, so I, I was able to form an opinion of Mr. Biscuit. Mm. Watching three games. Is it about his, I, is it about his affinity for no, kissing it is not. a certain part it, of the body? No, no, it is not. Uh, he ran for 29 first downs. Mm. So, uh, you know, there are both the designed runs, the zone read stuff. Uh, but I, I feel like he was doing most of his damage just on scrambles. You know, he wasn't, he doesn't feel like someone who's going to sit back there and go through his progressions. One, two, three, four, you know, be patient and find the open man. It's kind of like, and maybe the offense is set up this way. It feels like it is in some respects where it's like, all right, see if it works. And if it doesn't, uh, do improvise and make something happen. I mean, it, it did feel like that was sort of their most effective offense was him running around either buying time and improvising or uh, buying time and scrambling and running. I was not impressed with him as a passer. Um, you know, I watched the first game that I watched and maybe this clouded it a little bit, but was that Rams game from, I think it was mm. week 14. Uh, he was terrible in that game. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was one of the worst quarterback performances of the year. Really? He threw, he threw three interceptions. I think he threw four, uh, 110 yards, 16 for 30. He was all over the place. And that we saw that Rams defense. That is not a great defense. No, uh, it's, it's been a very mediocre defense for most of the season. Now, having said that, then I, I did watch last week against Minnesota. He definitely was better specifically in the second half when they're trying to put that game away. Uh, he did convert some key third down. So I think you can see all the tools, but he's not polished. Uh, again, I do feel like when it's not there, he's taking off and running and you know, that might be their best option right now. You don't have to be this mature developed quarterback at this stage in your career in week two, but you know, they're very, they have to be very methodical for most of the game. You know, you look at a lot of the stats, they haven't produced a lot of explosive plays, uh, in terms of like time of possession per drive. I think they're sixth in the NFL. So they really do have to sort of not make mistakes and be very efficient. I think the scheme is, is pretty fun. You know, they, they do things to try to help him, but I don't, I think if you're the Eagles, you got to like your, your matchup defensively against him quite a bit. I have them as uh, the 13th most 20 plus plays on the season, but, uh, and the Eagles have given up the uh, sixth most, but that said over the past few weeks, they have done a good job. Um, of limiting those, I think, just uh, two over the past four weeks. But um, I think there's no question that if you are looking for reasons to be optimistic about this game for the Eagles, uh, it may be number one is that you have this untested, mediocre quarterback, this second-year guy playing in his first playoff game, and you have a good chance for your defensive line to get after him and if you can find a way to make this game on his shoulders, you got you got to like your chances. Yeah, and that's the thing about the Bears is they've played with a you know football outsiders has that stat like average lead when the offense gets the ball, and I think they were at like four point two, the, the second highest of any team in the league. So you know they've been playing with a lead. For most of these games offensively, it's not like they've been asking them to put up a ton of points. They haven't needed to. They've gotten benefits from uh, short fields oftentimes with all the takeaways that their defense uh, their defense creates. So uh, I think the Eagles have a, a nice shot to play well defensively. You mentioned it. I think they have a nice advantage up front. 
watching the Bears offensive line. You know, their stats aren't terrible. They're, Trubisky's been sacked on uh, 5.2% of his dropbacks, which is actually the eighth best in the NFL. So it's not like he's taken uh, a ton of sacks. He's in the middle of the pack in terms of how long it takes him to get rid of the football. So they're not terrible. But watching them, it was like, you know, especially their tackles, I feel like, on both sides, the Eagles should have pretty good advantages there against Bobby Massey, the right tackle, and Charles mm-hmm. Leno Jr., the left tackle. Of course, who Jay dunked, Leno's son. Who once dunked on Zach Ertz in a high school basketball game. Oh, interesting. Little nugget that didn't make the story. And loves motorcycles and has a buddy named uh, Kevin Eubanks Jr. You know, one thing I noticed <laughs> is hacky jokes. Uh, the Eagles... The Eagles blitzed, finished the season blitzing less than any other team in the NFL. Yes, I mentioned that today. Okay. So what is it? It's about 16%, right? Yes. However, I was looking at Trubisky's numbers against uh, regular pass rush and against the blitz, and there is a difference. You know, he's uh, averaging 6.5 yards per attempt against the blitz. That's 29th. Five and a half net yards per pass play against the blitz, 25th. And I think he's 12th and 13th in those categories uh, against three or four-man pressure. So I don't think they're going to blitz a lot. I think they're going to sprinkle him in a little bit. A little bit more than we're used to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it'll be, you know, 20 to 24%. I I don't think it's going to get higher than that at this point. But I feel like they should have some opportunities to get after him, whether they're rushing with four or whether they're blitzing him. I think that makes sense. And then I think you just... And then I think, you know, I, I don't think they have to change a lot with how they've played, to, you know, to be honest. Defensively, it's, you're going to play a lot of zone. You can keep your eyes on the quarterback. It obviously wasn't tremendously successful down the stretch against Deshaun Watson. But, you know, that it's, it's a similar sort of – Deshaun Watson is a much better player right. than Mitchell Trubisky. And a much better just, athlete. Yes, but just in terms of uh, – Trubisky is a very good athlete, though. You he is, but he's not, he's not like doing stuff in the open field like Deshaun no. Watson was doing. He's, he, I didn't see any of those magic plays of you know, avoiding a sack where I just he's jaw-dropping like, wow, how did he do that type plays? It was like, all right, nothing's there. I'm going to go run as fast as I can and slide and, or get out of balance. And he does that effectively. Mm-hmm. There, there's no doubt about it. So uh, you want to keep your eyes – towards the line of scrimmage and be able to uh, chase and rally and tackle him or limit what he does when he does decide to take off and scramble. Situationally, um, the Bears 11th on third down. Offensively, the Eagles 6th on third down on defense. That said, the Vikings were the best third down defense in the league going into last week's matchup, and and Mr. Biscuit did uh, do a good job on third down. And then in the red zone, Bears' sixth best offense. Eagles, we probably haven't given them enough credit for this. Uh, 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 the best red zone defense in football. Yeah, I would like to look at that over the, the last two years. They're pro- they got to be mm. first, right? What were they last year? They actually weren't as good as we as, as remember okay. last year. Right. Yeah, they were good in the playoffs, but uh, over the course of the season, I think they were, you know, a little bit. They were in the middle of the pack. Yeah, I would like to do a, and this is probably for the offseason, some type of analysis on what the defense has the difference in the defense since like they lost the two starting corners and how much of a difference it's actually made. Hmm. Well, there's going to be some noise there because of, you know, you're playing Josh Johnson and Mark Sanchez in two of those games, but you know, it, it hasn't seemed like a huge drop off. Well, overall statistically. Uh, yeah. And to me that is, um, 
a more of a case than anything for uh, don't don't spend a lot of money on cornerbacks. I think that I agree. Yeah, I mean, as Just you get a bunch as, of these guys, especially as you look forward, whenever they have to give once an extension, how you you know what which positions you want to uh, go a little bit cheaper on linebacker corner. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it is a change from the Andy Reid era, you know, when they were willing to mm. pay those guys and invest heavily in, what did he say, get me quarterback, tackle, D-end, and uh, corner, right? Right. And he'll figure out the rest. Uh, I think you probably can sort of take corner off that. <laughs> it might yeah, be now, I mean, that, get me a wide receiver. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I would rather Today's spend NFL, capital on a wide no? receiver for sure. Yeah. Uh, personnel wise, you know, we talked about Howard and Cohen, um, on the outside, Allen Robinson didn't play last week, but all, uh, reports indicate that, that he's going to be fine and, and will play this week. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, the other wide receiver on the outside. And then also Anthony Miller, your boy who is coming off an injury. I actually, I haven't heard whether he's going to play this week. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Okay. And then you've got, uh, some schlubs like Kevin White, Josh Bellamy and Javon Wims. And then, uh, of course, uh, Trey Burton at tight end. Yeah, their best skill position player is Tariq Cohen, as far as I'm concerned. I, mean, I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah, he's the most dangerous. He he's very fun. He he's very fun to watch. He's uh, quick, speedy, dynamic. He is one of the guy, those guys you just get the ball in his hands. Had over 700 yards receiving. Uh, reports you know, are, I believe, that uh, he was one of the Eagles' targets. When they drafted Donald Pumphrey, but he was he was uh, taken from out from underneath them. Oh my gosh! Really? Yeah. Oh, what a difference that would have made. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, no, he is. Uh, I hate the whole this guy can line up anywhere type of thing. He can line up anywhere. Like, you can line up anywhere. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but it doesn't mean anything. Right. I can line uh, up anywhere. <laughs> he. I think we should say this guy can be productive lining up anywhere, and that does. Definitely describe him, whether it's in the slot or outside or coming out of the backfield, whatever. So uh, he, I imagine, would be sort of their number one focus of their game planning this week. How do you account for that guy and not get a terrible matchup where he's burning, uh, I don't know, Camus, one of the Corey Graham. I think, the, I think Corey Graham is probably worst case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Or so Trey you want uh, – yeah. right. So – uh, he's outstanding. Trey Burton has had a nice year, 569 yards. That's, I mean, that's uh, fine. It's not quite what he got paid for. But I said fine. Yeah, you said nice. Nice. I, uh, I think nice is better over, than nice is better than fine. What was your under for him going into the year? I don't know. That that's not that great. It's fine. You said nice. Now you agree that it's fine. No, it's nice. It you, is nice. You've downgraded. He was the he was their fourth leading receiver. Maybe that was subconsciously because it's 569 yards. I mm, said it was nice. Okay. I don't know. Uh, they will isolate him on the one side of the field like the Eagles do with Zach Ertz. And so, you know, that's another matchup you have to uh, certainly account for where, where the big nickel could come in handy. Allen, Ro- Allen Robinson uh, made some nice plays in the games I watched, especially I watched that Packers game. He showed some more yards after the catch ability than I thought. Uh, okay. I thought he was capable of. He obviously can make those contested catches with his size. Anthony Miller, they'll get. He, he's their slot guy for the most part. They'll give him the ball on those uh, jet sweeps and those types of runs. So uh, does a little bit of everything. 
Taylor Gabriel has the most downfield targets of any of their uh, wide receivers. So if they're looking to take a vertical shot, he may be the guy they look to. But it's it's certainly not a great group of skill position players. I'd say it's no. pretty mediocre. Yeah, and I think that's so why terrible. that's why Matt Nagy is getting so much credit for whatever success they have had uh, on offense. Yeah. yeah. Now let's see what else do I You know, speaking of that, I filled out I don't know if you've done this, but I filled out my award ballot for uh for the athletic. Of course not. Of course not. Uh and I uh you know, had to consider Matt Nagy for coach of the year. Did not pull the trigger. FFRs? I just went with with FR. Okay. Let's see, let's get your let's get your uh, your your uh they're quick takes on these these categories. Okay. MV- so you had- MVP. I haven't gone through all the. You want me to give you my t- your I take? Think? Yeah, yeah. Your your take, but you can with the caveat that you have not dug through I all ha- the numbers. Yeah, I haven't studied the the Breeze Mahomes thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would. I think it probably should be Mahomes. I would think. Yeah, I don't feel super strongly either way, but I went with Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, offensive Rookie of the Year. Mm, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Another tough one. Jeez. That's like a toss-up. Yes, it was tough. Saquon or Baker. I don't know. I went with Baker. Just I just think it's tougher for a rookie quarterback. I mean, Saquon was unbelievable. But what do you have 2,000 yards, Saquon? He's fantastic. You could convince me it should be him. but Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I I don't have an issue with either one of those. Uh, defensive rookie of the year. It's another another two person race between uh, Darius Leonard and Derwin James. You're not putting your boy Vander Esch in there. No, I'm not putting Avante Maddox in there either. I haven't. Uh, this is I know a, I Derwin mean, James has been fantastic. Right. I haven't seen enough I, of I mean, him. Darius Leonard led the league in tackles. I liked how crazy margin. Darius Leonard went when he when he like. Uh, when he didn't make the Pro Bowl, what did he say? He was going to have 40 tackles in the next game? Is that what he said? Yeah, he said something crazy. Okay. So, well, Plus, you know, FFRs. I mean, it, when there's a tie, you go with the FFRs. Sure. Uh, speaking of that, we, I, I did vote for Reich over Nagy. Uh, offensive Player of the Year, Mahomes. Hold on, hold on. I want to I see, who, see who the other candidates could be. Okay. Let me, I'm going through the standings right now. I will now. tell you that there are two other coaches so far who have gotten votes. As okay. I look at the spreadsheet, I, here I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm looking at the standings now, and I will tell you if there are any names that I think uh, deserve to at least be mentioned. How about John Harbaugh? No, not bad. Although I, you can't I give don't it, think he like, should win it. But it, I this is it. I'll tell you what. He did a heck of a job. He did. A, he did a heck of a job. Although I got it. Like I cannot. You, the Ravens do not get credit for for like being the team that uh, everybody's like. Oh, like. The NFL is so dumb. This guy was amazing in college. Everybody should have known he was going to be good. The Ravens don't get credit for that. They drafted Hayden Hurst instead of him. 100%. We talked about that on draft night, but that's not John Harbaugh. No, I know. Well, although Harbaugh could have, you know, turned the keys over to him sooner, potentially. But more like uh, like this stuff like, oh, Ozzie Newsome, what a visionary. He drafted a 75-year-old tight end first and then had to give up a second-round pick to trade up uh, to get – to get the quarterback he should have taken in the first place. Jeez. One, one of the most well-liked, well-respected GMs in the NFL retiring 
and you just got to go after him. Hayden Hurst is like <laughs> is like one of four tight ends they have, and he's he's like the oldest of the four of them. I agree, but yeah, the way they just Can't went see. with Lamar Jackson and molded the offense after he him gets credit for sure. A defense that I you know is not loaded with personnel. It's been fantastic, so I think he deserves a mention. Um, let's see, AFC South fighting Frankies we mentioned. Uh, Andy Reid certainly could get a vote. Yeah, he got a vote. That's it, just one. Just one so far. Maybe are we? I don't know. He 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 should be among the favorites. Twelve and four. I agree. First, I like his job back. better than the other person who has gotten other votes. See, Anthony Lynn, I'm sure got votes. Yes. See, this is a tough one because. I don't like. I watch him coach, and I don't like the in-game decisions. No, but he did famously go for two against the Chiefs. That's what he gets he did credit for. Go for two, and that's the aspect of coaching that gets probably the most attention from someone like me who's not watching them every week. Right. But they did go twelve and four. They don't have a home field advantage. They have a quarterback driving up from San Diego in the weird car watching film. Like that's not the most ideal situation. I do think they have a, a a very talented roster, so I don't feel like I look at it and say right. He really they, maximized. I mean, yeah, he did a yeah. good job, but but they did a good job. So uh, would not be my choice, but not crazy. I uh, I give it to the the thing for Reich for me is they were one in five. Yeah, one in five. Well, he was the coach when they were one in five. I know, but to to rally the team from one in five, you get a lot yeah. of credit for that. I don't know this. The Bears, I mean, plus one thirty-eight point differential. Yeah, you. I mean, twelve and four. The the, the tiebreaker for me against Nagy is that is that. I know what you're going to say. Well, I mean, he gets credit for keeping Vic Fangio (laughs) around, but you know they are the best defense in football and the twentieth best offense in football, and he's in charge of the offense. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. He he did the smart thing of getting the job from the the coach who we're not sure was alive last year. Oh, I mean, that's, well, that, that's, <laughs> that's a good point, but that's not what I'm, I'm not going to give him uh okay. I won't take it away from him for that. I just okay. say, you know, the, the side of the ball that he's in charge of is not, not their better side of the ball. Yeah. I think that's a total, that's very valid. Uh, Sean Payton, I guess is not going to get any votes, right? Nah, too much of a, of a uh, D bag. Oh, <laughs> I, I couched that as best I could. Oh my gosh! Uh, your boy McVeigh just gets no credit, right? None. Too spiky. Uh, oh come on! Your boy Pete Carroll's got to get a vote in there. Mm, no, I saw it. I saw it coming. No I'm not surprised. For Pete Carroll? No. Oh. Ten and six. Everyone wrote him off. I you mean, can only vote for one person. It's not a. It's not a, a ranked ballot. Uh, you know, people thought they had no shot at the playoffs. I didn't think that I had picked them to go to the playoffs. You, you, I'm saying people. I have given you credit for that. The consensus was that they were going to yeah. stink this year. I don't know why that was the consensus. Uh, I think uh, I think he should get some consideration. And not okay, because- consideration, but you, you, you wouldn't vote for him over the other ones. You wouldn't vote for him over Andy Reid. No, I think I would. I think I would vote for. I think my top two would be, yeah, Reich and Reed. I think would be my top two. I think that's fair. And I think I would go with 
Mm. Boy, that's tough. I don't know. I can't go against uh, the fighting yeah, Frankies, right? Yeah, deep down inside, you can't do that. I wouldn't be able to. I think you're right, though, that Andy Reid deserves probably more credit than he has been given. Okay. Uh, offensive player of the year is Mahomes. Defensive player of the year, you got to go Aaron Donald, right? Uh, Trying to offensive player of the year. Is there anybody else who deserved consideration? Not really. Non quarterback. No. Non quarterback. Okay. No. All right. Um, this one, I actually I took some time on. Most improved player. Most improved player. Interesting. Uh, this, this is tough. It's you, to to go off the top of your head is very difficult. Um. I actually picked someone that looks like I am the only person who picked this person. Um, okay, who? It's also hard because like I'm, I can't. I'm not going to pick an offensive lineman or like a, uh, a defensive back seven person just because, you know, I I don't know enough. I haven't studied these people, uh, so I, I got Like, can I guess? Can I guess who your guy might be? Sure. Is it Chris Jones? It is not Chris Jones, but somebody did okay. vote for Chris Jones. Look at it. He went from six and a half sacks to 15 and a half sacks. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. He seems to be very, every time I watch him, he seems really good. He was good in that. He was very good in the Eagles game last year. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Who else might you have gone with? Your boy has gotten a couple votes. Who's that? Chris Carson. Give me a break. Yeah, see, I don't like that. He was good. He just got hurt. He was, like, he was the first trip practice I saw him. I knew he was good. Come on. <laughs> okay. Well, you're <laughs> Then you can't give Pete Carroll too much credit. He just got Chris Carson healthy. healthy relatively. Well, as he will tell you, he was the one who, who wanted Chris Carson. Okay. Well, then, they, then, then why do they draft for Shot Penny? <laughs> well, that's a good question. All right. So who did you go with? I went with uh, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, interesting. Well, I mean, there are guys on here who who I thought you might. I thought you were going to say Tyler Lockett. No, yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, but I don't you. I don't want to go for a guy who just like James Conner is getting votes. Obviously, James Conner's numbers are way better. But if he had been given that same opportunity last year, he probably would have performed to a similar level. Uh, sort of the same. You know, uh, Andrew Luck is getting some votes. That's just because he got healthy. Uh, Mr. Bisky is all over is all over this uh, oh my thing, God. which Give is silly break. to me. But Tyler Boyd, That's you know, it. was a second round pick and for two years did nothing, especially last year. And now he's a he's a thousand yard thousand yard receiver on a, on a terrible offense. Okay. So uh, Man, most surprising, what's that? Should George Kittle have gotten a, a vote George, for George, off- offensive rookie of the year? He's is is he a rookie? His, it's his second year. He got a oh, vote it's for his second year. He got a vote for most improved player. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not bad. All right. I thought about him. Okay. Uh, but I think okay. he, too, was good last year. He was okay. Not by your Trey Burton standards. He had 43 catches for 515 yards and two touchdowns. Give me a break. Wow, you had that off the top of your head? No, I have his, th- <laughs> I have his page pulled up right here. Okay. This year, 88 catches. Yeah, for that's good. Well, that's the other one I was going to say is that uh, – Tie goes against the second-year player in my mind because that is a natural jump year. No, it's it's only Tyler Boyd's like, third like year, but yeah. what's that? What what about Derrick Henry? Could he have gotten a vote? Not bad. That's not bad. Okay. Again, you can only vote for one person. I understand. Uh, most surprising team. 
in a good way because there's also a most disappointing team. Most surprising team in a good way. Let's see. I am once again the only person who voted for this team. Well, Colts could be one of them for sure. Yeah, they're all over the ballot. The Bears. Yep. Uh, I think those are the only two. I think it's probably the Bears, though. I think. 12-4. and I mean, people thought they might, I feel like, get in as a wild card. I don't think anyone thought they were going to win 12 games. Mm -hmm. Who'd you go with? I picked the Dallas Cowboys. Really? Okay. I thought they were going to be very bad. I know you did. And their defense was very bad last year, and it became very good. Okay. Not a bad one. Uh, Most disappointing team. Again, I am the only person who voted for this team. Oh, that's easy. Okay. The Packers. Yes. Come on. I'm the only one. Of course. We picked picked them to win the Super Bowl. Everybody else (laughs) voted for the Vikings and Jaguars. I told everyone, everyone who would listen, that the Jaguars were going to be terrible this year. No one picked the Falcons? No, I thought about the Falcons too, but nobody picked them. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like it's the Packers and the Falcons. Yeah, Packers all the way. Okay. Uh, and then finally, I'll give you the, uh, the power rankings roundup that you have been begging for. Where do you think I rank the Eagles? End of regular season. The end of, let's see. 10th? Good guess. I have them ninth. Okay. Who are the playoff teams you have them ahead of? I have them ahead of the Cowboys, which I probably shouldn't have them ahead of the Cowboys, but I do. That seems like a homer pick. I think they are. I, I think they are playing better than the Cowboys. Are. <laughs> uh, no, they're 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 like dead even. I mean, they, they're a plus nineteen. The Cowboys were a plus fifteen. They're nine and seven. The, the Cowboys, Cowboys should probably get the tie because they beat them beat twice. Them. Yeah. They won the division, but I don't think that's I think crazy. I think the Eagles are more likely to win the Super Bowl than the Cowboys are. Well, look at you. All right, uh, Nicky Foles. And then the Colts and the Texans. All right, I guess it's totally fair to put them ahead of the Texans. And, uh, okay, you want to put them ahead of the Colts, that's fine. And one spot behind your boys, the Seahawks. Ah, your boys. Yeah. Case okay. to be made. Good job. Okay. So I was supposed to do that also? Uh, you know, I, I know you're not a, you're not a team player necessarily. So I, I figured, <laughs> I figured you hadn't done it. Eh, I just did my own version of it. <laughs> That's right. We'll just link to this podcast. They can, they can listen until they get to 38 minutes in when hopefully the discussion no, starts. Ho- hopefully no Saints fans listen. Yeah. I know. That's right. <laughs> All right. What else we got? Questions? Uh, anything else on the, uh, the, the Bears offense matchup since, uh, Wow, that was quite a detour. That was quite a detour. That's that's what the show's about. Anything else? Would you interview Mark Helfrich for a head coach job? That's that's a great one. Yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? He's he's supposed to be like the anti-chip in terms of personality, right? People like him. I think that's right. Yeah, he's got some ideas. (laughs) Uh, That's so. It's so great that like just like the anti-chip means that people like him. I mean, it, it, did, it did feel like watching the Bears offense that I feel like they're doing everything they can to maximize their talent. Right. 
So I think there's something to be said for that. I, I don't think it's a very te- you know it's a mediocre offensive line. Uh, we like said a Kyle Longback we didn't mention. Right, the skill position players I think um, are pretty mediocre. I think there's I think I would be able to pick 15 other teams that I like better than them or around 15. And the quarterback is mediocre to below average, depending on what metric you look at. QBR, he's third. Yeah, how do you how do you uh, account for that? Because of, of the rushing yards, because I guess. Because of the rushing, okay. Yeah, but in the, in the passing stats, he's 16th and 20th. So, again, I don't think he's going to kill you with his arm. Let me see. I feel like I did have a couple other things here. Fletcher Cox, James Daniels has been very good, a guy we liked in the pre-draft process, but uh, can can potentially be overpowered by the strength mm. of a of a Fletcher Cox. Okay. Let's see. Oh, I have something for you. Okay. Nagy, Nagy's supposed to be Mr. Aggressive, right? Yes. I mean, I'm watching these games. Oh. Well, I know pack. last week. I know last week there was one where where they lined up to go for it on fourth and one, and then and then took the delay of game and punted. Yeah, that was a fourth and one from their own forty-seven. Yes, I was following the game cast against the Packers. Well, you know what they did there? They brought out the punting team, mm. and then they did a quick swap. I heard and this. So, yeah, yeah, the punting team ran off the field really fast, oh, that's and funny. the offense ran onto the field really fast. But the Vikings but, had their defense on the whole time. Oh, did they? I don't know. I believe so. But the ref was like standing over the ball because if you if you, oh, you have to allow the opportunity. You have to allow, so you can't. Yeah, like I, I'm not really sure what the point was of that. Um, and then they just took a delay of game. The previous week, or, or not the previous week, maybe two weeks earlier, whenever they played the Packers, fourth and two from Green Bay territory, and they punt. Not great. There, there was a third and nine in there, where they ran the ball near midfield and then punted. So, I don't know. Well, you know, know I do have that they uh now I assume that this was uh, weighted by how short their average third down is, but they are they have uh they're the second most run heavy third down team in the league. Interesting. 68 uh no, 32% of the time they run the ball, okay. which is uh, a 78% league wide. So, we will wide. see, uh, you know, two coaches with the Yes, I was asked reputation. about that. I was asked about that on uh, Kevin Fishbane, our our Bears athletic counterpart, Name on his drop. podcast. Uh, he was asking about the you know their their reputations as uh, aggressive guys, and I had to tell him that you know Doug has not been so fearless this year, although he has been a little bit less fearful as the season has gone on. What kind of plug did you get in there for Birds with Friends? Uh, he was giving me plug uh, in the intro. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. Only, keep, you gotta keep me. You gotta keep me honest. That's only fair. Uh, you ripped Kevin White earlier. He had a 22-yard grab from the slot last week. Yeah, I believe that was his his first catch since uh, 2016. Do you know who it was against? Harrison Smith. Yeah. Ah. Uh, best player in football. Did, did not get any defensive player of the year votes. Did you watch? Jordan did you interview Howard? Harrison Smith for the Earth feature? No. Cutting was room floor. Stand- Oh, okay. No, it just he's he's. Oh, yeah, he was Notre Dame, right, 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 right. Uh, I figured you'd you'd interview the guy so we could talk about his father. Jordan Howard's forty-two yard run last week. Did you see Harrison Smith on that one? No. My gosh. Trucked. 
No, but he, you know, he was coming from the deep middle and the run went to the right side. And so it broke and he goes to chase him down. And then Howard was doing the thing where like, he's faking like he's going left and then he's faking like he's going right. And Harrison Smith is just getting turned around for like 20 yards. Oh, geez. I mean, those were like two of their biggest plays of the game last week. <laughs> That's very those funny. Two explosive plays he was right in the middle of. That's so, great. Um, he stinks. I don't watch it. Well, I don't know about who <laughs> stinks, but uh, I, I thought you would enjoy that. He's one of the. He's one of the uh, oh, wide. Boy. He's yeah. one of the wide. No, I, I was going to say he's one of the <laughs> wide swath of uh, of the middle. There are some elite safeties. So there's everybody else, and then there's some terrible ones. He's he's in everybody else. That's the nicest thing okay. I can say about him. But you're right. I probably should say that he's only overrated because he's white. We've barely talked about Jordan Howard, right? Yeah, but there's not I, like I would not be worried about Jordan Howard, right? I agree. 40th out of 47 running backs in average yards after contact. Hmm. That's not what you want out of a big guy. No, he doesn't. I, I didn't see a lot of juice with him. Yeah, I mean, if the if uh, if the Eagles can't stop Jordan Howard in this game, they have no hope. I agree. Things are going very wrong. Okay. So overall, yeah, I mean, overall, I think uh, you know this this is a matchup that the Eagles need to win and should feel good that they can win. If you know, I think I think if the I don't know, like you, you feel pretty good they could they can keep the Bears under twenty points, right? I do. You think they need to keep them under 17? You know, I don't know. I haven't gotten that far. In yeah, I, I haven't, done, I haven't delved yet. into the, you know, but I mean, they, they, um, I think they, they need to win this game on the heels of a strong defensive performance. I'm not, ex- think- I'm not expecting, you know, the offense, the offense can do some things, but I don't think, uh, you know, they're, they're not winning a shootout against this Bears defense, but, whether it is uh, some big plays, you're getting after Trubisky and, and uh, forcing some fumbles, or you can pick him off, or it is just a, a uh, more of a uh, whistle-to-whistle domination where you're giving up 10 points or something like that. I think if the Eagles are going to win on Sunday, it needs to be uh, on the heels of a big defensive performance. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about the offense on the next pod, but that's the thing about this is that it's so tied together for the Bears, you know? Like, if you tell me the Bears' offense is going to start every drive at good their point. own 25, then, yeah, I feel pretty good that, the, you know, I would, I would be able I – w- I would feel good that the Eagles are not going to allow more than, like, 17 to 20 points. But the Bears' starting field position for their offense, I think, is, like, sixth best in the NFL. They get short fields, and so you kind of have to factor you, – you do have to factor that in. So I think it'll be a game where they're they're going to pressure Trubisky. I think he'll make some plays with his feet. I think uh, Cohen will make some plays. You know, their other guys will be okay. But yeah, I don't think the Bears are going to like move up and down the field on them. I don't think you're going to give up a lot of explosive plays. And I think uh, you have a pretty good chance that the Bears will turn the ball over. I think they're I forget what it was. They're mediocre to below average and like. Uh, in giveaways per game and, and uh, interception rate and all that. And so uh, you do have an opportunity to create those turnovers, those sacks, those negative plays. And uh, I don't think that's a team that will be comfortable playing from behind or third and longs, all the, all those sort of cliches that we talk about. Uh, they definitely apply here for the bears offense. Very good point. 
All right, uh, getting a burden edgewise. Some ask Dr. Kapadias. Uh, is Sunday evening the Craven LeBlanc revenge game? Asks Patrick. It is. Of course, the Bears cut Craven LeBlanc. But it is also the revenge game for DeAndre Hall and Alshon Jeffrey. And on the other side, Cody Parkey and Trey Burton. There are a lot of connections between these two teams. Peterson and Nagy. Mike Grow, The Long Brothers. Man, it's kind of crazy. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there really are a lot. Trayvon Hester and Khalil Mack. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey will probably be the big one, right? Everyone, a lot of people will write about this week, I presume. Yeah, and it's, the, it's, uh, the, sense, the sense that I get is that uh, Alshon Jeffrey is a much bigger deal in Chicago than he is in Philadelphia. Mm, what do sense. you mean? Oh, this week you mean? Just in general, he I think he was uh, he was sort of the guy on the team with okay. the Bears. Um, whereas here, you know, Eagles fans like Alshon Jeffrey a lot, but he's he's not in the top like three or five most important or recognizable Eagles. Fair to say, I think. I would, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so I think that it's actually more of a Bears focused storyline than it is an Eagles one. Okay. Is playing great, though. Yeah. Uh, Owen wants to know, where is Mac Hollins, and does Mike Hollis get a chance to – Mike Wallace get a chance to play this week? Mac Hollins is a mystery. Uh, I, have, I have, like, seen him in passing, like, once or twice. He's got a beard, it seems like, that, although that was as of a month ago. Uh, every now and then I see a, a book in his locker when he's not there, uh, oftentimes a Harry Potter book. But uh, – it's very weird. He was put on that injured reserve like days after he said he was expecting to play in the opener and then uh, was not designated to return, and he will have no season. Well, I just did a – when I was doing a WIP hit last week, I saw a man walking through the parking lot near me, mm. walking and reading a book. Wow. Did I nail that or what? And it was Matt Collins. What was he reading? Was it Harry Potter? I don't know. I didn't get to see. And he did look – I didn't get a great – I think he was like kind of bundled up, but he did look different, I feel like. Yeah. So That will be a fun, interesting offseason storyline. Yeah. Uh, Chris wants to know, can we please get some Zimmer Cousins schadenfreude? Zimmer scapegoats players, kickers, OCs, accepts no responsibility for his team's lack of preparation. Cousins looks terrified during that game. And so happy the season was over in his presser. I have heard that we should watch that presser. I have not watched it yet. Um, yeah, somebody else said that too. That yes. he looked very like sort of relieved. Yes. Uh, so that'll I'll, maybe I'll save that for uh, for when I get in bed tonight. That'll be fun. But uh, yeah, Zimmer, like you know, that's a bad job. Absolutely. The guy's a bit of a nutcase. It seems like. Well, I that was one of the games I watched for this Bears prep and. Uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins was as bad as the numbers indicate. Hmm. Melvin gonna Melvin. Oh, sorry. Uh, Glenn, Glenn Oakle, our former Olympian. Will the Eagles keep Lane Johnson one-on-one versus Khalil Mack? I guess we can talk about that tomorrow. Uh, kind of think the Eagles have uh, limited sprolls against Washington to be fresh for the playoffs. 
Offensively, Chicago is super strong on third down. How do the Eagles slow this down? What do you see out of the linebackers between Hicks and Bradham? Uh, we can save the offensive stuff for tomorrow, I guess. But we did talk a little bit about third down. Linebackers, as you said, big game for them. Big game for them. Yeah, you cannot get, you know, and the Eagles linebackers, I don't really like them. I feel like play action there. They get sucked up to the line of scrimmage quite frequently, quite often. And so that's part of this. And then the other part of it is the the RPOs and the motions and all that and uh, not getting caught in the wrong spot. Jason wants to know if the Eagles decline Foles option, do they get a comp pick when he signs elsewhere? Or is declining the option similar to being cut? If they decline the option and he signs elsewhere, they do still get the comp pick, is my understanding. What I don't don't know is if they uh, exercise the option and Foles, Foles has this opportunity to pay the team back $2 million to get out of the option and hit free agency, I would assume that also means that they get to keep the comp pick. But if they exercise the option... Foles goes along with it, and now this is what Joe Banner mentioned as a possibility in the Q&A that will go up tomorrow morning. Maybe they exercise the option, try to trade him until um, it becomes official. They have until the league year starts or whatever, um, and then release him. And if they do that, I don't know, maybe then the comp pick becomes more complicated. I'll have to ask Sam Lynch. Okay. Well, I think his his question was, if they decline the option, do you get the comp I believe that they do. And so the answer is yes, yes. Uh, Joe Banner did admit that he thinks the the market for Nick Foles has changed after the past few weeks. He he does believe he will get a chance to start. Mm. As he should. Fumble Ruski. Uh, You and me, Sheil, versus Jeff McClain and Zach Berman versus Kist and Solak in a World Geography Bee. Which team is taking home the crown? How's your geography? Uh, terrible. Uh, I still like our chances. Okay. I don't know. How's your geography? I feel like pretty good. Not yeah. fantastic. Mr. Polk would be so disappointed in me. Mr. Polk? Chris, Chris's father? Yeah. Nice. Seventh grade geography. Or eighth grade. Uh, this is a hashtag ask Dr. Kapadia. A guy I know has had a cough for literally months. What are some <laughs> symptoms of pneumonia? <laughs> I think that's a question for you. I feel, I'm feeling pretty good. Unfortunately, right. Casey had, had himself like a 102, 103 fever today. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I, I am the little, the, uh, I, I just blew my, muted this and blew my nose. Wow, like, the mute worked for you. I think so. It was when you were yeah, I didn't uh, hear anything. going through the first question. Yeah. Uh, when's Although the... I'm, not, I'm not as violent of a nose blower as you are. Okay. Well, you got but it. You can't. You can't. You know. You can't tiptoe around a nose blow. As you saw at the game, my issue is the the tissue getting uh, caught in my facial hair. That did happen once. Yes. That happened once. Uh, that happens quite often with my wife uh, telling me I have a little something on my upper lip. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when's the last time Shield covered a team that didn't make the playoffs? Mm, that's a good one. Well, let's see. So the Eagles have made it two years. The last two years, the Seahawks were were in the divisional round for the two years I was there. 
Oh, it was that that uh, second chip year. The second chip year. Won ten games, right? So you've got you've got playoff. you've got four in a row. That's pretty good. Four in a row, five of six. Uh, will and or should Carson Wentz be active as the number two on Sunday? Asks Richard Leon or Leon, probably Leon. It's a very tough one. I saw you were trying to get, uh, get a little info from Doug on this. Uh, you got something. You got to got to hit him. What's the deal? This is uh, this is seems like what what he's not on IR for. But my guess, I mean, if he's going to be the number two, he should play. I guess that's right. I don't know. We don't we don't know how he's doing. Doug Peterson had no update. Somebody, I forget which of my friends, did text me that they they feel like Carson Wentz has not like uh, taken a shower since his injury. Mm. Has he been letting? Well, we've letting, seen some Instagram. We've, we've seen some Instagrams from him that that unless they are very old pictures would seem like he's at least showered. Okay, I think he, they were just saying you know he's kind of letting himself go a little bit. Yeah, this is not like last year. I think I think this year he's like uh, like. Uh, Tasmanian Devil, as somebody told us, right, was what we were looking for. I think yeah. he, I think he wants to be out there pretty badly. I'm sure he does. Um, now that we're in the playoffs, does Golden Tate have an opportunity to change your mind on the acquisition? The answer is no. If he wins them a playoff game, if he goes like over a hundred yards in three straight games. I don't think that would still do it for me. Well, that's crazy. Of course that would do it for you. Are you nuts? Yeah. In three straight games, that would put them in the Super Bowl. Well, and we, don't, we, don't the that, we don't know that. We don't know that. yard games? We don't know that he won the third game. All right. Still, that would be enough for me. Mm, not for me. Well, that's ridiculous. Uh, you, you grade the trade at the time. You don't grade it after, after the fact. Yeah, I know, but this is the question. So what do you want me to just say? We're ignoring the question. Okay. Uh, do you, uh, and Ben Reutman asks, do we re-sign Tate? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, this, is a, this is a good ask Dr. Actor, ask Dr. Kapadia. Shave head with a razor or an electric shaver? Oh, this is a great one. So, you know, I have been, I had been going with uh, just the Mach 3. For quite a while, but then I decided I can't. You know, it was becoming a little cumbersome. Those Mach threes are not cheap. When you got to use them for both the head and the face, you know, you got to rotate them out more often. And also, I, I felt like I kind of liked the look with the, you know, a little bit up there. Not a lot. Oh, interesting. But not not like the bald shine. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's that must be tough. To, tough to get that even, I would imagine. What do you mean? I feel like I feel like it would be harder to uh, have the same length across the board than it would be to just shave it across the board. Well, and then there's the issue in the winter time. You know, it gets cold, so you got to like moisturize that bad boy. Mm. Uh, if you're going full uh, full Mach three up there, so now do you still uh, shampoo? Yeah, you do have to still shampoo. Okay. That was like one of the first things I read when I made the move. It okay. said you still have to shampoo. Interesting. Uh, so I did just a few, a couple weeks ago actually, buy this uh, Remington Electric. Okay. Razor, and uh, 
it works fine. It it doesn't get quite as not a short, ringing endorsement. Quite as short as I would like it to get. Okay, it's not it's not quite as quality as the Action Network app. Right. So I need something in between the totally clean shaven bald shine and what I'm getting with the Remington. And so I don't know where that leaves me. I'm sorry. But the but the off season is coming up, so you know I I won't do anything. You're I'll gonna, just be a stop. You're gonna just let it go. Yeah, I think that's fair. Once a week. All right, last one. I have a theory that Flip may be secretly working for the Eagles. He got Uh-oh. he got fired after Week 14, and the Eagles started winning Week 15. Play calling is much better too. What's your thought? Mm. Love it. <laughs> Do you think that would explain why Doug, why Doug is, uh, is saying that he never never talked to DiFilippo? Yeah. <laughs> really thrown off his scent? Yes, definitely. How can he yeah, help? No how can he help with guy. play calling if he's not at the game? Or maybe he game is at the planning. game. Game planning. Maybe he's at the game in a in a uh, disguise like Bobby Valentine. Yeah, he's wearing one of those uh, glasses with the nose and the mustache. That's right. Could be. We have seen G.J. Kinney at the games. Yeah, G.J. Kinney is part of the uh, front office in some capacity now. I mean, is he? Uh, in some, in some, I don't know if it's full-time, but in some capacity. Okay. Yeah. Well, I saw him as I was going into the bathroom, but he was waiting to wash his hands, so <laughs> couldn't, you know, you're not going in for the handshake at that time. No, I talked to him briefly at the Rams game. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. We will be back tomorrow to talk about the other side of the ball, the Eagles offense, against the vaunted, best in the league, Bears defense. We will also uh, hear from Doug Peterson tomorrow. So hopefully it'll be a banger. And that will be a regular pod. There, there is uh, Joe Giglio continues to duck us. That's correct. And so it, no, he's really, no I think he's gone heel. He's, he's, he's really embraced the whole Foles over Wentz thing and uh, I think has, has decided that he doesn't need us anymore. Mm. His, star is, his, his, his star is rising and he's forgetting about the little people. Well, it's bound to happen at some point. That's, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, and so we will talk to you tomorrow. Happy New Year for Sheila and Bo, and as always, we love you. friend